I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's night. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the Freaks and Geeks episodes of 1999 on Freaky Fridays yes. from a shower here in Ugh. 2019. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, it's a little weird, weird It's a weird episode. episode. It's also, you know. I didn't have to shower at school, did you? Yes. Weird. Did you, Libby, our guest? Yeah. You did. We did. Well, but we did the just wet your hair because... What the fuck? Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> Libby Hill, LA Times. Uh, well, you used to be there, oh, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, I'm just Indie talking about your old yeah. things. Libby Hill, IndieWire. Um, oh, that's why, you, that's why you threw some shade at the LA Times last night. I saw that too. And oh, I'm, I would have done that if I still worked there. Yeah, I felt, <laughs> and I, as someone who's you know here yeah. here by the grace of Alexa Bro, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like yes, I feel the same way. Yes, Oof, yeah, uh, yeah. That that I saw the the article you linked to. That was a lot. It yeah. was irresponsible. Ooh. Yeah, and seems to be a lot of that going around. Uh, yeah, yeah. Twenty. It's a big twenty nineteen mood. <laughs> it really is. Libby, so good to have you back. Thank um, you so much for coming back. Thank you, and for something. Hopefully that you liked. I did, okay. and and by myself. I was going to say yes. solo, flying solo. The most important thing. <laughs> I think um, you're both familiar with my wife. She is a lot. Um, so she'll so be on in two, be episodes. two episodes. Two episodes. Uh, yeah. On in for yeah. five previous episodes. It's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, she locked me in a room. And made me listen to the 14 hours of the Matrix episode, uh, which was very good. Oh. But also, she definitely locked me in, 
in a room. <laughs> a glass a case of emotion. Basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's where we're coming from, from a glass case of emotion here <laughs> I, in I, 2019. I am very proud of our Matrix episodes, though. I thought they were, uh, I thought they were really great. They were. They um, were very long. They were long. <laughs> it was, yeah, we talked for a long time. Yeah, it was like um, four hours. And we look forward to having a four-hour episode with you oh. uh, about a movie at some point. We'll figure out what that is. Um, but uh, What about how hard it is to be married to a woman? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 moving on. Yeah. I can't band. speak to that. What do, what I'm with got? the band. Uh, I'm going to give the synopsis, just get it out of the way. Um, Nick realizes if he doesn't make a career out of being a drummer, his father is going to send him uh, make him join the army. Lindsay attempts to remedy this by pressuring the band to practice more, which results in the band breaking up when Nick thinks he is better than they are. Lindsay then gets Nick an audition for the band Dimension. Unfortunately, the audition goes miserably, and Nick comes to terms with the fact that his drumming isn't going to save him from joining the army. Lindsay tries to comfort Nick. Meanwhile, when the physical education department at McKinley mandates that all students must shower after class, uh, after PE class, uh, <laughs> Sam, they've been somewhere. Uh, Sam avoids the shower at all costs, afraid to be naked in front of his peers. I'm with the band, aired on November 13th, 1999, and is written by uh, Gabe Sachs and Jeff Judah, directed by Judd Apatow. This is the last episode um, that airs in 1999. It is pulled from the schedule at that point and, quote-unquote, re-piloted in uh, January of 2000 with Carded and Discarded. So this is the last one we're going to be doing, right? Nope. We're going to keep going into the year 2000, guys. It's crazy. Uh, We felt that with all 18 episodes, if there are only 18 episodes of the the series ever, uh, and we couldn't just end it here. We'll do do the first season of every every season of television that That aired in 99. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That airs in 99. And then there will be episodes that, uh, you know, there will be series that we will jump into midstream uh, and we'll do episodes about those shows that are airing in 99. Done that with friends. We're going to do it with Ali McBeal and ER and all the various shows that are on in 99. So this podcast will never end. No. Don't worry, Libby. There's lots for you to cover. I'm so happy. (laughs) Um, But Libby, what is your history with this show? Um... I have to say, I believe I watched it as it was airing in 1999. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, it's, I have a terrible memory, first of all, but also, you know, it was my freshman year of college. Um, it was all very familiar to me, but I was pretty, uh, I was a pretty experienced television watcher at that time. So <laughs> I I knew what was good and I knew uh-huh. what I liked and uh I was experienced from my news radio fandom with um, the particularities of NBC scheduling and uh, must see TV, if you will, must see TV. Mm-hmm. Them moving things around the schedule yeah. and following it. Um, that's literally all I remember. I have did no- you? Do you? So did you watch any of it live? Like, did I you feel like you think so? I because I, I did. did. I didn't catch it. When I it didn't watch aired. it until years until later the box when set. I bought the, yeah, yeah I think that's, I think that's how most people saw it. So I think it's interesting that you remember it being in the ether at that time. I have a vague recollection of it, um, I, I probably mean, from Entertainment I mean, Weekly, Weekly and from stuff yeah. like that talking about it. But I never engaged with it at the time. I also, I mean, this is also this is pre DVR. This is pre streaming. This is the type of thing that you had to most likely be home at eight o'clock on Saturday night when this thing is airing, which fair, uh, but also I think 
you know, we taped a lot of stuff. We mm-hmm. absolutely set our VCRs a lot sure. back then. Um, what did my wife say? Did my wife say that she watched it live? We didn't actually ask about the history with Emily. She's my, like, <laughs> external hard drive, so <laughs> I, I, I couldn't I possibly f- remember anything. I feel like she talked about, not on mic, but when I've talked with her on text or, or, or what have you, I believe that there was some watching it at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Because we were very nerdy. Like, we were, I mean, shockingly, we both ended up entertainment journalists. But you weren't like, together at the time, right? In 99. We were. In 99? Yeah. Okay. Just well, we for, well, the parents didn't know? No, or, no, no. Oh, okay. we, I met Emily's parents, like, the first day we moved into college. Oh, okay. um, uh, and she might have met mine, but the... We went on our first date mm-hmm. on October 15th, I think. 1999? And, yeah. And we became boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and we became a couple, uh-huh. let's say. Sure. Um, in like a week after this aired. Ten oh. days after this aired. We should just do uh, an episode on on your marriage for this podcast. <laughs> Since it happened in 1999, yeah. it feels like, you know, the relationship was birthed then. It so was. maybe just an episode on your, like, first date. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, have <laughs> you done be... your Three Kings episode? Not yet. yet. That is was that your first date? Really? Maybe that would just, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what kind of a, is, that's a, that's an interesting first date movie. That's a pretty, that's a, you know, lot to unpack. We wanted to see. The Elephant Man? Bicentennial Man? <laughs> the elephant man, that was a joke I know, the, I that this one or that different episode i think it i don't know if it was in this one or not yes uh, wait it was either <laughs> the guy with the face the is what he says yeah, or something the like that? they were gonna go see the elephant man yeah. and then there was another oh what was the other movie that like they were gonna see with um airplane which yeah, yeah, sure, was sure. Lo- lo- less yeah. inspired than a date to go see the yeah. elephant, elephant man. man three kings on a first date it was good. Yeah. We it's really a great liked movie. it. We were very, but we were very nerdy. Like we were mm-hmm. super into we. American Beauty hadn't come to South Dakota yet, which mm. we were anxiously anticipating. Uh-huh. Uh, which I believe we've talked about before. So we settled on that, and uh, it was good. It had a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's a good liked movie. it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it, I think we a, a great movie afterwards. So. That was kind of definitely overlooked it felt like the the only narrative around three kings of the time was the the dust up between uh david o russell and clooney it seemed which is unfortunate because uh, yeah. it's a very good movie and people should watch it um so this episode uh is really funny i thought um because i i will say that the last we record these out of order, so spoiler, guys. That's just how it is. But um, <laughs> we talked about uh, Carded and Discarded, and we talked about Girlfriends and Boyfriends. And both those episodes uh, are very emotional. Right. That's not to say this isn't emotional. There's a lot in this episode, but there's also some pretty broad comedy in it, um, specifically with the drum stuff. Although baked into the drum stuff with Nick is some pretty emotional oh, yeah. waters. Oh, yeah. Even just the opening there's something so tragic about that first shot where you're like, this guy's fucking great. Yeah. And then to punch out oh. and to hear what he really sounds like when his father comes down the stairs. The symbols. <laughs> it's, just, it's really heartbreaking. It's just. He's, and I do feel like Nick's whole drummer hopes can really be summed up in the final moment of this episode where he tells her to put more dry eyes out. 
in this sad little bucket. <laughs> it's it's really yeah. it's great, and it, it really. Yeah. I mean, again, this is the show, right? I mean, it really encapsulates <laughs> funny, but like cringy and awkward and sad and and growing up stuff that people just don't put on television. I felt like in high school there were a lot of relationships where people would hang out on the weekends, the boy and the girl, just doing whatever the boy wanted to, and the girl just kind of sat there. <laughs> I remember my friend was dating this guy, and he was like the he was the best golfer. Sure. At our school. Mm-hmm. Now everyone's gonna know who this is, but and they would just watch golf all the weekend. <laughs> 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 she said, what you do this week? It's like, just watch golf. So uh, that, that reminded me, she's like sitting there, she's pretty, yeah. like has like the most mundane yeah. idea. Like yeah. apparently it's supposed to be fun for both of them, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Like she's also, I mean, not to jump to the end of the episode, but she's, she's trapped in a prison at the end of this episode mm-hmm. where she's like, oh God, what have I done? Like, what have I become a part of? Not even just let's just say professionally with Nick in right. terms of his desires to be a drummer, but personally in terms of that, she's crossed a Rubicon by kissing him. Uh, and now it's real. And she, I imagine she knows how fragile this guy is. Oh, that's why she kisses him. Yeah. Which is the wrong reason exactly. to kiss somebody. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think that she realizes that very quickly. I mean, even the kiss itself, which is very sweet right. and very nice. The, the the fact that their relationship is birthed from a moment where he is deeply insecure and she's kissing him because of that. Mm-hmm. In a in I don't want to say a, a a mother way because it's not that, no. but her mother is also a very like make people happy person, and she's kissing him to try to make him happy. That is not the right reason to kiss somebody. No. <laughs> well, okay, not disagreeing with any of that. Okay. Uh, it's got to be more than just that. Well, there, there's, there is more. She does like I, him, but like, is there's some? I think that there is something attractive about the vulnerability of sure. the moment, and, and attractive, attractive. You know, positive emotions, not just you know. How do I like make this awkward moment better? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, weirdly, that's something I, I. That was a moment that I feel like I've been on the receiving end of more than once in my life. Where okay. I was at a low point and some girl kissed me. I would say that I and probably I have it, been two, but not a first kiss. Yeah, no, I think it's happened. Okay. Well, it hasn't happened for me. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't say that. In, I don't, that that's I, not a judgment. In, in fact, I could think of two off the top of my head. <laughs> We're like, I know that it's, I, I know that that's personal here on the Freaks and Geeks uh, oh, series. One I would never, br- one I would never bring up. Okay. Uh, but the other one I will bring up. Okay. okay. And it was like this really weird moment. I was in London when I was 16. I was on this like, you know, it wasn't really a teen tour, but it was like it was an intern program. There were like 100 of us. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of Sam Weiring after some girl that summer, right? Sam Weiring. And I was just like, there was some girl There was some girl there who I just decided I liked. Sure. Right? And I'm like hardly talked to her and, um, you know, one of those dark moments I'm not proud of. And, like, you know, over the course of the month we were there, like, you know, word got to her that I liked her. And word got back to me that she didn't like me back. Mm-hmm. All right. And, like, this all kind of happened over the course of the four weeks. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's this other girl who uh, was my friend 
And that's she- me. This is me in every high school story <laughs> ever. That's me. This other girl who was my this is this is my this is one of my uh, least, least favorite moments of my career. Um, career? The, yes. Uh, career as a man? Career as, as a Lothario. As a human? Uh, as a <laughs> this other girl who was, was my friend who was hooking up with one of my other friends earlier in the summer, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we were we were friends, whatever. And we were walking back and I was upset that this word got back to me. And um, you know, she for some reason, I don't know why she said this to me. Okay. But she said – just because I wouldn't hook up with you doesn't mean other girls wouldn't. And I'm like, wait a second. What? I'm like, I wasn't even – what's going – Sort of. She's like, oh. Right? She's like, no, I just thought that like you knew that, like, that we're friends and like I'm not going to hook up with you. I'm like, no, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't even think about it. Like what are you talking about? Well, man. And we wound up – we wound up making out that night. Like we walked home together. We were in like the dorm and like we just wound up making out. And I'm 99% sure it was because like something changed and triggered it where she's like – like I don't think she was just like I feel bad for him. I should now make out with him. I think she was like – you do think that? I don't know. I wasn't – No, I don't think that's what (laughs) – that wasn't the feeling. The feeling was like something over the course of this night had changed and she had like seen something in me that like made her – I'm sure that's I'm sure that's part of it. I mean, I guess ultimately this is one of those Point things. Point is I've been on the receiving end of the Nick thing and I did the Nick thing. Like the next day I'm like, I guess we're boyfriend and girlfriend. See that <laughs> here's here's what I will say. I will say this. And she's, that's and very she's, real for me. And she's like, This is the last day of the of the trip. Like, we're not. I that's what's I've I had this conversation with a friend of mine a little while ago about this very phenomenon because it still haunts me to this day. A little bit. Um, being the only single person at this table right now, uh, I'm still dating. And I still have this weird vestige of from that time of being in high school, being at, at camp, being whatever it is, where after you kiss someone, it was real now. And oh, we were getting married now. <laughs> yeah, but do you know, it, it it was like, oh, okay, so this is we're, we're boyfriend girlfriend now. Um, that's not the case. Spoiler: uh, <laughs> as you get older, uh, and even then, it's not the case. And yet, I still have this weird thing in the back of my head after I kiss somebody that it's like, oh, uh, uh, this is serious now, and I have to like be careful about the way that I and and all and relationships just, start with a kiss. So it's not crazy. Sure, but it's it's, it's uh, not a crazy thing. It is like But I shouldn't su- take it as seriously as I do because it, and that gets me in trouble, it I think. It sucks that like our brains go there. Yeah. But it's not but that's, like, that's my point. You've been conditioned, we've been conditioned, and yeah. I think it's just humanity to, to 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 recognize like, all right, this is the first step down this road sure. that leads to marriage children, whatever. <laughs> right. But I think it's I think it's also an unfortunately um Again, this comes down to gender roles, uh, which is something we obviously talked a lot about in the previous episode with Emily. But uh, well, the episode we recorded, not the episode that's whatever it's coming up. You'll love it. Uh, <laughs> I think that there's something about that well, stupid male thing. Does that happen, of, Libby? For of like, because like a kiss is just, it's just a kiss sometimes, right? Like you can just make out with somebody and it not mean anything. Like th- people do that all the fucking time. Outside of a few, sh- outside of a few 
whatever. I'd say the, the great majority of kisses I've had, I've thought, uh, like, what's you want this to be the beginning of something? Not if I want it to necessarily, but maybe but that it this was. Is. Could okay. Be. All right. So, Libby, does that happen for women? <laughs> yeah. No, I think it does. Like, especially in in high school. Uh, it, it's a weird situation. I had a very weird high school experience because I was that friend. I was that friend that you made out with, but you didn't tell anyone about and you didn't date. Uh, so that was a, like a very weird experience. Yeah. Like it's no, it's not a like it. Don't look at me. No, like no, that, no, Phil. no. It's very <laughs> upsetting. No, like, no, no. I just I understand yeah. that the dynamic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was kissing was weird. Like for me, it was like, oh, well, maybe this will be different. Maybe this guy right. maybe will will start something but then also you know you're just horny and a teenager and you know you want to hook up because you want to hook up um you don't always need a reason no but i do have a great example of kenny's like doing whatever the boyfriend wants to do Uh and then the girl just sits there like this is like i feel like this is the perfect example i had i dated a guy who was a couple years older than me when i was in high school um we broke up We'd been dating for a few months, which is forever in high school, but we had broken up. He was heading off to college. It was the summer before he went to college, uh, but we were still hanging out because, of course, we were. I was stupid. And um, so he wanted to get a new stereo for his car. Actually, he had purchased one, but he couldn't get it installed. So we drove up in his shit-ass Ford Taurus, um, which was literally the color of shit, and went to this audio store where he argued with the salesperson because when he purchased it, they told him that he, he asked if he could install it himself. And they said, yeah, of course, you, you can. Yeah, you can probably uh, install it yourself based on the premise that he knew how to install it. So then he got into a 75 minute argument with the guy because he wasn't able to install it. And now he wanted them to install it for free. Um, And I thought about my life as I was walking around looking at all of the stereo like fronts. I thought about my life a lot and my choices and how I had come to be in that place in that moment. And I thought I got to I got to love myself more because this is not how I want to spend my time. Men are terrible, and yeah. so are women. We're worse than women. We're all no, I think it's a toss-up. <laughs> now um, we're I've all seen not both great. sides, and it's just it's we're all the trash. <laughs> all it's the way sort of through. it sort of is. We're all we're all forky. We're all there trash. I, mm-hmm. uh, I think that um, Emily brings up some really interesting points uh, in her review of this episode in terms of um, masculinity and femininity. I'm going to read a little bit of her review. She says, uh, being a teenage boy is a weird experience. As a young boy, you'll often understand that there are certain expectations about how to be masculine or feminine and that you're to skew towards the former, but you're also a little kid and no one gets too worked up if you'd rather play house than touch football. The truth is, of course, that no one is wholly masculine or feminine. We're all blends of different traits that add up to something unique. Sam realizes this in the moment when his impromptu streaking results in some of the more popular kids, including Cindy cheering him on. Uh, it's all emotional. Com- it's it's all confusing emotional terrain, especially when you're a young man who realizes he doesn't fit into the prescribed roles others have for him. But the older you get, the more time you spend around others, the more you realize everyone's in that boat, that there are expectations on everyone that are impossible to meet, even though even those we place upon ourselves. None of us can be the people our parents want us to be, just like none of us can be the rock stars that we want to be. We all have to find a place where we're happy and comfortable, a place where we can do the best with what we have. Um, 
she also talks a little bit about sort of, you know, Nick's bitter realization that he's never going to be a great drummer. Um, and this sort of, and at that certain, that it hurts, but in this moment of maximum vulnerability, uh, his least stereotypically masculine moment, he gets a kiss from the girl he's obviously had a crush on for weeks now. And that kiss, she regrets almost immediately. Um, I think that this show, and I've mentioned it in previous episodes, but um, I'll mention it again, uh, that the male characters get to be vulnerable on this show uh, in a way that a lot of television shows, especially teen shows, uh, don't really do. I mean, I guess Jordan Catalano is is pretty vulnerable. Well, I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> Nick doesn't know how to spell weight. So. Like that, oh. like, <laughs> that was so rough. Oh, God. Like what? The, what was the whole line? Because oh. there were words there. I feel like I like, can't wait for tonight. Right? Yeah. You spell tonight. That's hard oh, to he wait. Spelled it T O N I T E, like a concert poster, basically. Oh, did he use four instead of like the number four? <laughs> no, he wrote the word four. <laughs> I was so taken with wait. It's it's brutal. It is. Uh, so you know, uh, but again, like I, I think that. Um, that's that's the the waters this show treads in that sort of emotionally vulnerable uh sad awkward humor um that's kind of beautiful in its own way but is just really hits home with a certain demo oh yeah uh and i believe that i'm in that demo because as i watch the show this time around which i've not seen in a very long time i'm just like whoa some of this is rough oh yeah i was watching this and and so obviously we watched my episode this episode and we watched emily's episode last night and i'm so struck by Lindsay and nick's relationship because i've been especially in high school you know you're in a relationship with someone who you like fine but you really like the social uh their oh, social yeah. group and you like being a part of that uh and like it, when you're alone with that person it's probably okay but like when they are being themselves in front of other people you're kind of horrified and you look at them and you're like oh i don't i don't understand what we're doing here perfectly you're right like it just like there's it's just if there's something and 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 linda carlini is so good because there's just this frozen sort of deer in the headlights look her eyes glaze over as as nick is nicking all over the place (laughs) and she's just like yeah i'm committed to this i this this is the worthy trade-off um he's cool when we're alone uh yeah it's 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 a a really i mean part of it so i feel like this this whole show hinges on Lindsay's arc right her growth uh and and sort of this we are catching her at an inflection point, a moment when she's decided that uh, I don't want to be the person I was and I don't really know who the person is that I want to be. But these people are question marks and they're interesting to me and they seem like good people, quote unquote. So I'm going to go down this train and see what they and, – and I believe that that's how she perceives her relationship with Nick as well, which is this – I don't – she's sort of trying it on for size. Um, but is in her heart knows that this is not a great match. Um, and part of it is because, and this harkens to, um, I'm assuming that you watched eight with Emily as well. Um, that's sort of really, it's cresting in that moment when she is fully invested now in something that 
she's unprepared for. And Linda Cardellini does such a beautiful job of showing that confusion, really, mm-hmm. more than anything, that emotional turbulence that she's going through because he's a he's a sweet guy. Like we talked a little bit about how in the early run of this of this show, Nick's characters kind of goofy and and they just hadn't really locked into him yet as a character it felt like i don't know if it was if it was jason or if it was the right i'll give him credit because he didn't make sense in the first four or five episodes of the show to me and they ran with that they ran with the square peg thing that now the whole thing does look like it was it was designed Yeah. yeah but it's it's that that golden retriever quality that he has that's hard to not love. So I imagine when that golden retriever starts singing sticks to you, you're on some level, you're just like, Oh my God, like you're a good guy, but what the fuck is happening right now? I also just feel like, all right. So look at Lindsay a little bit. Lindsay was like a math leader who hung out with Millie and like kind of nobody else. I mean, it seems that way or the other mathletes, maybe Harris, people like that. I don't know. Maybe that was kind of her group maybe. one way or another. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay thought she was trading up. Oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah. And now like, now that the, <laughs> the lateral, now that the curtains, he might be, even might be backwards. <laughs> now that the curtains down a little bit, like there's no question that Daniel's cool. Yeah. But Ken sucks. <laughs> Ken's my favorite because he sucks so hard. He does not give a minute shit. About I do because I'm just like, <laughs> no, no, history I, doesn't give a shit about anything. Like, he doesn't give a fuck like, about well, anything. Ken, I'll talk about Ken in one second. Uh, and, <laughs> and Nick is like a bigger dork than Millie. So like, no, the, so she, yeah. she's like, she's traded down kind of. Now Ken, <laughs> Ken is fun to watch, but I've hung out with a lot of Kens in my life. I might Same. even be a Ken. And, uh, I, I mean, you're Ken. I'm literally Ken. I mean, you're Kenny. And being around that guy who any slip up, they're going to find a way to not only make like, not only like point it out and make a joke, but make a really good joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> makes everybody else laugh. Yeah. Oh, those guys are crippling. The fucking, because everyone yeah. loves those guys. Yeah. Right. But yeah. like, you're just like, I can't. <laughs> Can't like you can't fight that misstep because yeah. this guy's gonna fucking, fucking roast me. Yeah, it's the worst. You know? Oh, so he's yeah. really good. At I, I, and Seth Rogen is perfect. Oh my too. god, I, I, I kind of miss scary Seth Rogen to be honest. He is a little intimidating in this, yeah. man. And he was intimidating in Forty Year Old Virgin. He had that kind of scary guy thing for a while. Yeah, that like that sort of monotone, like not a lot of range, which gives him a lot of range. Like it's yeah. very. Yeah. And and something I'm really interested in, like save for Ken. This show is so good at everyone, with some exceptions, is really trying to be kind to other people in their yeah. own way. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are better at it than others, but it's it's very excruciating to sort of look back and remember in high school we were all kind of trying our best and like just destroying each other in the process, um, which is why this show is kind of like an open wound. Like it, it takes you so it, it takes you so thoroughly back to a place where we were all the most vulnerable that it, um, it's hard. It was really hard to revisit. It was harder than it I is. was expecting. Yeah. Um, it, it, it really has been for me watching these again so, in a good way then. So yeah. is Ken the one who, uh, is most well adapted to high school? Uh, he's indifferent. 
which I guess he's, makes him most adaptable. God, I guess what I'm asking. Yeah, I guess that's that's probably he's, he's a nihilist. A, he's got a sort of defense mechanism that's that's working for him. Ken is the one that will be exactly the same in 20 years, for better or for yeah. worse. Wouldn't I mean, want to be married. Still be to that Ken. person. Um, <laughs> Not, I will say. I was insinuating you. I nice. will. S- <laughs> I will say <laughs> that uh, as someone who sort of traded in that like quiz bull gang for the people who thought Bloodhound Gang was really cool, uh, it oh, was oh, no. yeah. <laughs> Woo! Who are those people? Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of them were quiz bull converts. Like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then they got really into insane clown posse. Um, so I feel a lot. That feels like a straight line. I feel no. like uh, there's something there. <laughs> yeah, there's something there. Lindsay. Is I feel someone I feel like in my soul, like yeah, I'm having a good time. There is alcohol here. There wasn't alcohol before. Yeah, I yeah. must. This must be cooler than than what I was doing before. No matter how much less I enjoy it. There's there's something I, I feel like one of the um, quintessential Lindsay episodes, or, or an episode that felt like I really kind of unlocked her a little bit for me was uh, Beers and Weirs. Um. When she gets fake drunk on the fake alcohol um, and has essentially several men profess their feelings to her um, and she doesn't know what to do with any of it and it makes her feel so much worse than she did before having these people's affection. Um, and I, I mean I imagine that is a, a, a female experience unfortunately or maybe not. Maybe it happens to men. I don't know. Um, oh, yeah. It happened to me all the time. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it didn't I mean, happen to me. They're like, I guess. Well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just speaking more to yeah. to like I think about, and maybe this is the wrong way to look at it, but it, it feels like I have female friends that are on dating apps, and it's just a fucking flood, a torrent of just awful dudes just sending messages, and for guys on the other side of that, it's throwing spaghetti against a wall and hoping that someone actually cares it's, about it's what sending all of these horrible messages to <laughs> yeah. that they respond. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. And hoping that they respond. Yeah. But you understand my just point. Just throwing spaghetti, penises, just throwing it the wall. Yeah. Yeah. But, That's uh, what the kids are calling it. <laughs> but I think that Lindsay's character really for that, for in that episode, it feels like we're seeing the best variations of that as we progress with her character and her kind of going all in on Nick, even if it was trepidatious at best uh, is um, very eye opening for her character and very eye opening. Yeah. She's, she's seeing the world through a very different lens. I also think that this episode feels the most friend zony for most of it. Like she's just trying to be a good friend and getting him a, a, a job. I think she starts trying to become a good girlfriend. You th- by the end, I think. Yeah, I think she starts trying to become a good girlfriend. Do you think that she really thinks he can be a great drummer? Yes, I don't think she knows the difference. Yeah, oh, okay. I think that's right. I think she has no idea. I think she's thinks she's trying to be a good friend. She's treating him the way that she would treat anyone else, and she's totally blind to the fact that that sheer enthusiasm and like trying to better things will absolutely be interpreted as interest, right? As uh, you know, I, I but I but I never. The show is so good at not locking you in her perspective that you can see how her inte- how her actions would be misinterpreted. Like sure. watching it because I hadn't watched the previous episodes, I had sort of forgotten that they weren't a thing yet. Like um, 
because it, it felt like she was so focused on Nick. And I don't know if that's just because Nick was the only one interested in Lindsay, like as yeah. a person. Um, She's kind of brought into the group a little bit by Nick. Yeah. Um, as perhaps an uh, object of her affection of his affection yeah i mean i think like the but she's the, more into daniel in the top half of the season than she is into Nick. like who wouldn't be oh you yeah. know like i i think like <laughs> yeah said, i yeah. i think that the simple story that they would have told if they were a worse show is nick having a thing for this girl mm-hmm. and this girl having a thing for daniel and playing out this love triangle 100 for episodes upon episodes but by the fourth episode like daniel's and Lindsay are just not ever going yeah to when she thing. laughs at him in, in the principal's office it's, it's over, over. <laughs> and you know do you, i had another question about her though do you guys think this is her first kiss i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, no. But I also think it's the first one with meaning, if that makes any sense. Like, I feel like she was at a party and played spin the bottle or some shit and probably kissed somebody, but it wasn't like... Or was it some camp, yeah. like, two years ago yeah. and had a really weird, uncomfortable kiss with someone? It's like her like, third kiss. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's... She didn't weird. kiss like it, like... I agree. This is, like, a... This is a little gross, but she... She kisses like an adolescent. She kisses like someone with an intent. You know? Exactly. There was no, there was no trepidation. There was no awkwardness. She was... She she kissed him with intent. She knew the power of that moment, and I don't think you know that when you're having your first kiss. No, because you're so nervous. Yeah, you're yeah. closed up because you're like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, what do I do with my head? Tell like, I forgot to breathe on my first too. kiss, and I coughed in her mouth. <laughs> Let's just put that out there. That's not a big deal. My no, first. I, I, I appreciate you saying that. Don't be upset. Um, no, I. I but- <laughs> My, fir- my first kiss. I appreciate my first kiss. My my f- I think I've said this on the podcast yeah. before. My first kiss while we were watching City Slickers. Nice in the camp cafeteria. Uh-huh. Uh, we kissed for approximately forty-five minutes, which is like what just happened at camp. You just kept kissing and kissing and kissing. Forty-five minutes where your lips must going, have been sore. And she, well, we didn't know what we were doing. And she <laughs> told my friends that I lapped like a dog. Oh. So uh, you know. She's a nice girl. What are you going to do? She was 13. I mean, I was so close. 13. She was 13. Like, we were, we were all idiots. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm little not, babies. Yeah. We were little babies. My first kiss was absolutely not my choice. Like, oh. friend, no, I mean, like, a French <laughs> kiss. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Why? It got real. Like, yeah, yeah, it just 
just jumped right to the end and I was like, I don't need to do this again for several for years. For some time. Yeah. French kisses were a big thing for a while. Oh, yeah. French kisses, they've kind of gone. I don't know. At least, at least in my... <laughs> I just like watching Ernie. At least in my, at least, at least in my life, French kisses have kind of gone the way of the dodo. <laughs> 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 not doing a lot of French kissing. No, really? You are? I was in marriage. I was in marriage counseling yesterday, and my wife turns to me. She's like, I don't know. I just don't really like kissing. I'm like, we've been together for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. This comes up now. Yeah. <laughs> I like kissing. Kissing's nice. Oh, I'm not knocking it. Just, you know, just... I haven't been together 20 years. I've only been together a mere 12. And you know, I think every for every child you have, it yeah. like it is like, I mean, exponentially. Yeah, I imagine that. Yeah, and we. But we, I'm like, and she gets pregnant like from kisses. Dating, now. it's different. Well, so yeah. Well, you, you're 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 testing it out. You gotta. No, I know. You gotta figure out with each individual person what it is it's, you like doing. Well, sure. I mean, it's like shopping. Also, what they like doing, what you guys like yes. doing together is yes, what I mean. Yes. It's like shopping for a used car. Like, you don't know how oh, the previous yeah. owner, Treated what kind it. of condition it yeah. left that's it That's a real thing. That's yeah. that's yes. 100% true. I think also, if we're talking about kissing, kissing is a style thing, you know? And, and some people have different styles, and it's hard to jive with them sometimes. Right, and it's not necessarily good. They aren't necessarily good or bad kissers. They yeah. are either compatible kissers or, or incompatible. incompatible. 100%. This is something you could speak to because I really, truly – I haven't kissed anyone else in 12 years. So I really wouldn't – I really hardly remember. I hardly remember like what – I'm, 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 I'm ready to not just, be kissing just people kiss, anymore. Just, random people kiss anymore. one person. I'd really like to kiss one person for the yeah. rest of my life. That would be nice. Oh, Phil. Uh, I'm <laughs> really getting the spectrum here today. That's what you wish for. I guess. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I, mean, I love kissing my wife. Oh, my <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I love kissing my wife, but I'm sure I'd love kissing other people, too. Like, that's all I'm saying. (laughs) You say that, but you'd be surprised. Oh, Phil. Um, You think I say all of the worst things about my life on this podcast. You have no No, idea. No, I don't. I I certainly wasn't insinuating that. Oh, no. Uh, So either way, um, they kiss. It's weird. Um, I, I agree with you that she starts. She certainly goes there with intent. But the second kiss... She is not happy about necessarily, or very confused about. Wait, when is that? Well, it's it literally kiss and then they kiss again. Oh, okay. They kiss once, and it's like she's with agency, and then the second time she's like, oh, okay. It's like enough time. The first thing was impulsive, and then the second is like, oh, I really committed to this, yeah. and now I'm going because like to some deal people with the you can just kiss. Nick's not one of them. No, because no. every every Nick kiss is like this is a big yeah. step down the road to the altar. To the altar. I think like, you know. He also I, really I, loves her. I really likes her. In the future episodes, I'm going to be pretty hard on the writers and pretty pretty okay. hard on the perspective. I think that this actually does tell the story they want to tell really nicely. Um, that story of I a agree. girl feeling trapped mm-hmm. by a guy who has different expectations. And I, I don't really want to come down too hard on the Nick character. Like – who the fuck knows? Like, who the fuck knows what's going to happen? In real life, Laura and I, like, were – we started dating in December. We moved in in January. We were engaged, like, six months later. Like, in real life, we just flew, right? So, like, some people do just fly, you know? Like, you never know. But 
uh, you know, if that's not what the person wants, it does feel like you're on a, you know, a roller coaster to nowhere or hell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's, I, I think that, um, yeah, as you get older, people are just a little bit more forthright. And I think that when, and I, okay, let me rephrase. I don't think that you're not forthright in, in high school. You just don't know. So you're a lot just conf- more confused. I think your 20s is the worst because you kind of know what you want, but you're fucking around and you're like, it just sucks. Um, so it's a different it's a different animal. Um, and then in, in theory, in 30s, you should be the person or at least be close to the person you want to be and know who you want. But that's, again, all theoretical. But I think that this show does nicely tell us, I think. I screwed up my timeline. It was a year and a half later we were engaged. Sorry. But we were... <laughs> Wait, so, uh, what different? It's a big yeah. different, but we were living together from from four weeks from the, the jump. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Okay, <laughs> I'm like I knew. I'm like I'm gonna have to do so much editing in this episode. No, we don't edit. No, no, we don't edit. We just like we just go straight. If it's, I say stupid stuff, it's just out yeah. there. Like, oh, I wish you had mentioned that before we started. Because are there uh, things that you don't want? No, in this? I just have been all over the place. Oh no, it's great. You that's, can tell us to edit, and we'll do it. But yeah. We'll, but we don't edit ourselves unless I, we insult someone we want to work with at some point. I had someone tell me <laughs> something the other day. Everything with my wife about my wife. I'm sorry. I had someone tell me the other day that uh, a fan of this podcast and a friend um, was like, "The thing that's special about this podcast and about podcasts like this is the energy of the conversation." And I, my fear has always been that unless we say something that we legitimately don't want out in the open or our guest says something that they don't want, I'm just like, this is what it is. Like it's, it should feel like a conversation and people should just feel like they're here with us. I love that. So for what that's worth. And like, ultimately we're not afraid. I mean, like, well, Kenny's not afraid. I'm not afraid because I'm not afraid because I, I like. I, I'm just not afraid. I don't know. I feel like being honest and open is the best policy, and I trust myself to some degree. Um, that's I agree. I, I agree I've with said that. like hundreds of things that are like horrifying, and if the wrong person hears them, like I will lose jobs. I mean, we've been making fun of stars with a Z for for years. It's true. Stars, <laughs> stars with a Z. Stars with a Z. Um, <laughs> so there are some there's some great stuff in this episode specifically that I'd love to talk about just in terms of I don't really want to get into the plot necessarily but I do love uh, the name Creation's a terrible name for a band. Um, it's gross. Uh, I love when uh, Franco's delivery of, <laughs> <It's gross. laughs> of We Don't Have a Name is fantastic. Lindsay's titles or names are terrible. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't remember what the first one was. Mission Control. Mission Control. <laughs> An anarchist daughter? Anarchy's child. Anarchy's child. Anarchy's child is, is actually sad. Mission Control is like a C. Uh, like, but like Anarchy's child is like, I just want to, I do, I, I, I want to hold her. I just be like, oh, poor girl. Like, she, although the look, this is back. the thing that I love. And there's a lot of things I love about Lindsay's character and about how Linda Cardellini plays her. But the way she vacillates between being <clears throat> that kind of brown noser uh, kid and trying to be cool with yeah. them. And she's constantly ping-ponging between them. And here, when Nick's propping her up to tell the names and she thinks she's going to just knock this out of the park. <laughs> and they both are shot down within seconds. I don't it's know. Just- I, I don't know if she thinks she's going to knock it out of the park. I What he's doing, what he's doing is, is – um, it's called pimping her out. 
right? Okay. In improv, it's called pimping her out, and in real life, it's called pimping her out because this has been so heavy on my wife. I'll tell another personal anecdote. Laura, Laura will pimp me out to my kids <laughs> in, in that she'll be like, okay, daddy's going to oh, take right, right, you right, right, here, right, right. or daddy's going to do Does she things. tell you first? No, it just happens. <laughs> We're like, Cole, bus Cole, do you want daddy to sit with you? Yeah. Cole, do you want daddy? Daddy's going to read your book tonight. And like, okay, like, <laughs> but I'm just like, come on, don't pimp me out like that. Like, I do that to our cats too. Yeah, at least let me be a part of this. Yeah, that's so amazing. He pimp. And, he you is know, doing that. And you, that's another thing that happens at couples' dinners where you're like, tell the story about. And you're just like, I don't want to tell that fucking story. That's a personal story. It happened a little bit in the episode. Uh, oh, when Korea, tell when Becky Ann Baker's like, tell the story about. Oh, yes, Korea. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, tell the story about that's, the soul. Horror. Oh, my like, God. She's pimping him out. Yeah. So I, that's what I think Nick's doing a little bit. Tell him the titles. Pimp, you know? Yeah. Uh, and she's just like. She does seem a little insecure about it. Yeah, but, but I, I do think in her, her head it. she thinks that these are good titles or good names. Well, of course she does. But like if I was like, Phil, tell me the, the title of your newest spec. You'd be like, uh, like obviously you think it's good because you, right, you right, did right. it. Yeah, yeah, but you're yeah. like, Ugh. Yeah, no, I'm not I get prepared that. to present this to the world yet. I agree with that. You know, I'll tell you the title of my newest spec. Just kidding. I'm not prepared. JK guys. JK guys. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, That's such know. a good title. JK guys. <laughs> JK guys. Uh, I want to talk just a little bit about Nick's dad. Um, the villain from Newsies. The villain from Newsies, as Toby said <laughs> on a previous episode. Yes. Uh, forthcoming episode. Forthcoming. Whatever. Um, I think they do a great job. First of all, the casting's great. The dad, that actor, is great. But um, you think that this is just going to be another hard ass parent, and it's not that. Um, there's a great couplet, soft ass parrot. (laughs) There's a great couplet where Nick says, I really think I can be a great drummer. And the dad says, I really thought I was going to walk on the moon, but you don't see any moon rocks around here. Do you? Um, it's, it's a great line delivered perfectly. Um, the dad is just, doesn't want his son to fail. Like he just doesn't, it's, it's not that he, cares what vocation he chooses or or i mean if he could be a great drummer he'd want him to be a great drummer but he sees he's not a great drummer and how reasonable is the c plus average <laughs> yeah oh that's that also like, how, not hard it's not like i know he's like kind of rubbing it a little bit but yeah. like that's that's not that like no. tiger mom shit you know like that's, that's not like a plus or you're totally not, or, or you're out of the family like no i know like, and and you also don't like you don't get the impression that the father wants to send him to the army. Like he doesn't want to. He knows his son's not going to succeed there. No, it, it's it's really good stuff. But he's trying to get. He's trying to make sure he has a livelihood yes. that he can provide for himself. Yes. Uh, because at this point, it's not. And it's you know it's 1980, so we aren't necessarily forcing everyone to the university. Far like everyone has to go to college. Everyone has to. So like. What would Nick do if he graduated high school and didn't go into the army? Like, what? He'd have a vocation. Well, yeah. ha- he'd have to. But yeah. he's gonna have to. Find, he's gonna have to find a job one way or another. Yeah. But, but I, I think that there is. I mean, that's that's kind of the, and not to harken back to to beers and weirs again. But uh, there's the moment when Daniel's friends show up at the party, and they're a bunch. Like one guy is. They're they look dangerous and scary. Like these guys didn't find jobs and they're on perhaps the wrong side of the law. Um, 
and that's the thing they skirt with the freaks a little bit that I think is interesting. I don't think Nick's ever going to be that guy. I think he'll just end up being, you know, whatever. The burnout that doesn't move out of his parents' right, basement. Right. Yeah. Which is not what his dad wants. Oh, no. He shouldn't be that. No. I he's think he can more, be more than he's that. He's got more to offer. For sure. And I think, I, I mean, listen, we don't know because the show, you know, unfortunately he, just ends. But to me, he obviously has more to offer, right? Yeah. In that, like, he may not be a smart guy. But he can do stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like Franco is the one where like, you know, Franco is not a nice thing to say, but it, it, it's that abusive boyfriend quality where you're like, he's going to change. He's going to change because I see something in him. Mm-hmm. And of course, we all see something in his character, Daniel. But like, he's probably not going to change. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to be at the party mm-hmm. in 20 years. Yep. Uh, who knows what Ken's going to do? I think he's that's going to be a comedy writer. Probably. I was thinking, <laughs> by the way. True. Yeah, True fact. I know. Um, I think that because I was sort of cycling in my head other groups of kids that perhaps were an inspiration to these kids. Days and Confused and American uh, Graffiti were both things that sort of came to mind of kids that are in a purgatory of sorts that feel like um, also just interesting eras that they took place in as well where it felt very sort of America was in flux and – Thus, these kids felt sort of unmoored to a certain degree, um, which I think is interesting. But this conversation between Nick and his dad or this relationship with his father reminded me of that stuff, of kids that – whether they had the support of their parents or not. And it seems like he does. I mean his father isn't looking to to fuck him over or necessarily be an asshole, but um, he needs guidance. And these kids seem so reticent to take any guidance from really anybody. I mean, Mr. Rosso is a marginally effective guidance counselor at times. But, um, yeah. So, I don't know. I I think that's interesting. Um, What are your experiences with high school bands? Did you have friends that were in bands? Were you exposed to that in any way? I was in bands. You were in bands? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this hasn't come up. What? I was in bands in high school and college. Lead singer. So what? Three different bands. <laughs> okay, you okay. are Ken. <laughs> I know. Ken. I took it back. You so are hold Ken. on. First, first question. Yeah. What were the names of these bands? Mission Control. Uh, in high school. Right. So, so in in high school, <laughs> in high school, I'll tell the story the right way. Okay. There was uh, I was in acapella groups and I sang mm-hmm. and I had a lot of friends who were basically you know the equivalent. They weren't freaks. They were the equivalent of the freaks. Mm-hmm. And they had a band called Jimmy Lama. And Jimmy Llama, Jimmy Llama, Jimmy okay. like Jimi Hendrix and Llama like a llama, <laughs> and Llama like a llama, Llama like a llama, <laughs> and they were um, kids in my grade and a kids uh, a year older than okay. me, and I was not in this band, and I very much wanted to be in this band. Okay, and when the kids a year older than me graduated, uh-huh. I took over as the lead singer in that band. Oh, okay. So I was in Jimmy Llama my senior year. <laughs> Then in college, and you don't know you don't know that I was in a band with Alan Haldeman for no for two years in college no uh, super agent Alan Haldeman um, as we agent call- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's a it's a joke I, I, I'm well aware in college I was in two different bands I was in a what did Alan play Alan's a guitarist okay um, we were so first Alan and I this is this I, is insane this, this is amazing that you didn't know this yeah. so first we put stuff on Napster just me and Alan. And oh, uh, under two different names, just uh, just him on an acoustic guitar, me singing. This was just called Kenny and Alan. No, it was called uh, the Ultimate Warriors, 
And then we changed our name to the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Fair. Um, in honor of his grandfather. In honor of his grandfather, H.R. Haldeman. And then we... He's the mailbox. And then... <laughs> I get it. Haldeman's the mailbox. Mm. I, I watched that episode with him. Oh, my God. And, like, just died. <laughs> I couldn't believe it was happening. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah, it was, I know, it was amazing. I remember where we were. Because every once in a while, Haldeman comes up in pop culture. Sure. And, like, we just... I, I lose yeah. it. Sorry. So that was that. Then junior year, we started a band. Um, we fought long and hard this is an amazing kind of thing we call long and hard about the name not me and alan it was me alan our friend of mine hating on one side these two other kids on another side we wound up on yet incidental and that band i was in for two years what does that mean i wanted to be called the amazing yen string orchestra the amazing what what the amazing yen string orchestra like the amazing yen from uh-huh um from oceans 11 and then our initials would be aso ayso like the soccer organization uh, okay. All right, it means nothing to anybody. <laughs> I got overruled. But what I really wanted to be called was hor- what I really wanted to be called was horses colon the fiasco. So I wanted to be called horses the fiasco. Why? Like I don't know. I kind of like it. Like like <laughs> like mana hands of God. Um, I just okay. thought horses the fiasco. But I got what, overruled. What were your influences for the name? No, for your music. <laughs> oh, for the music. Uh, we did everything. I mean, okay. and, and we 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 did have like six or seven originals. I'll play you one if you want. But we okay. um, but we we had six or seven originals. But we <laughs> um, but does we, not know what to make of what's happening. But we were uh, so we uh. did. So we literally we literally did everything from Coldplay to Rage Against the Machine to Eminem to we did uh, wow. Devil Went Down to Georgia. We did Rusted Root. We did a lot of Pearl Jam. We did Fish. So you were cover band. We were a we were a bar band. Okay. We played every we played every week at the the local bar for Great. a year and a half, and then I was in another band. And they were called Monitor Report, and they just needed a singer, and I uh, loved doing this. So let's see if I can find a, a track. Oh, look at that! I found. Oh it wow! Who knew? Yeah, you want to plug that in, Kenny? So so all of our listeners can hear it too. Sure. Now I don't have names on the track. No. That's the... <laughs> All right, so this is Dave Matthews' version of All on the Watchtower. Yes! By? By Get Incidental. Okay. And I sound good. That's why I'm playing it. So, it's Alan. Pretty good, right? That's... We sound credible. Oh, so these were recorded live at the bar where we were playing. What bar? It's called, it's called Smokey Joe's. It's called Smokes on Campus at Penn. Must be some kind of way out of here. Pretty good. Yeah. Send the joker to the thief. Yeah, I'm into it. Too much confusion. What makes this the Dave Matthews version? The slower, longer version. Are you a Dave Matthews fan, Libby? I was. A businessman for a long time. That enough? I think that's enough. <laughs> Did I go real flat? <laughs> We're going to go that before I go flat. I'll just talk over it. Oh, no, we got a lot more to go. No reason to get excited. <laughs> oh, my. You'll hear me go flat. It's awful. There are many here among us. I know. It's, it's, it's so long. It's so far away. Okay. Um, so yes, I was in several bands is the answer. 
That w- did you know you're going that that right? I now? didn't. I really didn't. Um, but I love that you were in bands. I was not in bands, and the difference between your situation and what I felt like the bands that I was exposed to in high school were primarily uh, guys that liked the idea of being in a band because it meant that they might be able to get girls. Um, the notion of a band was appealing to people as opposed to actually being in a band. I was a true artist. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not questioning your motives. I'm saying that high school in general, high school bands tended to be an excuse to hang out with your buddies uh, or or never. I've never been in a band. Mm -hmm. I swear to God. I know this is going to go. This is going to run counter to what I say in in the episode eight. Mm -hmm. We were I've never been in a band where the modus operandi was. Let's impress chicks. I, I, and that's that's fantastic. It was always I, about the music. It was just a pleasant side. Yes, it was so much benefit. Fun. Yeah. I I just I'm just saying that that it was a uh, I felt like the exposure I had, which was not a lot. I, I'll be honest, uh, felt that way to me. So I'll just, just for what that's worth, I just feel like high school bands aren't always creative integrity at the forefront. As the tiebreaker, I will say that the high school bands that I was familiar with were f- – it was uh, it was based around this very musical family in town and, mm-hmm. like, they all went on to be professional musicians. So – and, like, have moderately Is successful that, bands. That, that show, the, the family oh, that Partridge was in a bus? Partridge. <laughs> so I guess, no. like, the thing yeah. about bands, at least the ones I – like, it's hard to fake it. It's hard to fake it and it's also hard – like, I, I understand, like, you know – People in bands get girls. Like, they, that's, that's sort of what I mean. That's real. Yeah. Not for me, but for others. Um, <laughs> but, I, but it's hard to fake it for a couple of reasons. One, it's hard to play these instruments. Absolutely. And it's it hard takes to practice go there to be and good. not look like an yeah, idiot. Yeah. yeah. And then it costs a lot of money. Like, yeah. it costs a lot of money to get it started and, and not, you know, sound I guess horrible. What I sort of mean is this episode taps into something, which is when Lindsay says, you guys should practice and get better. The yeah. band breaks up. They never seemed like a band to me. They, um, like it just—they they ne- never made any sense. Like they just—they seemed like they were fucking around mostly. Well, that, that, yes, that's yeah. that's my point. I think that the 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 line that stuck with me was Ken being like, "We did that song six times. I never want to hear that song again." <laughs> like six times—that's I mean, fucking nothing. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny how they seem to get the rights to one band's or artist's shit for an episode because they did yeah. like three different Cream songs. They did. And then in the subsequent yeah. episode, they did three different Billy Joel songs. So yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I love that. Like that's you know, to me, that's kind of a dream. I, I loved that. So apparently, the writers were, I guess, Gabe. I think was the lead guitarist in Feedback. Oh, really? Was it Feedback? Does is that the name? The name no, of the not band? Feedback. Demolition. No. Yeah, feed, what the feedback is, is Rosso's band. Yeah, this one's a different band uh, that I'm. That I'm, it's bothering me that I don't know the name of. So, so those um, guys were the writers, and then the guy behind the boards was the other writer. Huh. And then it was Paul and Paul Feig. Feig was the bassist. He's so good. He's so good. he's great. He's amazing. Um, they do a great. Although I will say, Paul Feig making eyes at Lindsay was oh. a little bit of a. But I mean, obviously like a joke, but still like so a kind of weird gross one. to see him in anything other than a three piece suit. <laughs> if he's not dressed like Blake Lively in a simple yeah. favor, then like he's <laughs> yeah. just not, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know. I, I appreciated the fact that those guys 
the looks that they exchange when he's drumming is really great. Again, wordless acting of people just being like, and he, by the way, like he wasn't a full on train wreck. He knew the song. He didn't want to play it because he clearly didn't know it as well as the song he wanted to play, (laughs) but he played it. And he was kind of okay in the beginning, and then it all goes to shit. It only works if he's not a full-on train wreck. If he's a full-on train wreck, it's a, it's a, I, it's I a slapstick it's scene. But that's how cringe. I think I think and, most I mean, TV well, shows would have played it like that. Th- yeah. Well, the way they played it was the, the right way. No, the way like most TV shows would have played this, I think, because this is the, the tone of the show is such that this is the only way you could have done it. Mm-hmm. But this is like either a sitcom plot. Yes. Where they, you know, Steve Urkel falls over the drums, mm-hmm. or it's uh, it's the beginning of a Star is Born. You know, <laughs> Your favorite movie. Yeah, not I mean literally a Star is Born, yeah, but no, like I, a Star I, is I Born. Know. Like this guy, you know, yeah. kicks ass, and then yeah. he's he's uh, he's it's fucking that thing you do. Yeah, right. And yeah. Uh, this, I love that movie. Yeah, it's I great. think it's a great movie. The um, was called Dimension. Just FYI, Dimension. I, not, I was like googling. I just bugging me. Um, but this is, but this yeah. is the right way. This is real to me. You know, totally. Yeah, and I obviously, as you know, a somewhat better than average, somewhat worse than professional singer. Like I've tried out for things that I don't make, mm-hmm. and to be around people who are actually better than me, mm-hmm. it is like a real kick in the gut. Oh, it's brutal! It's brutal. Um, and and one of the brutal moments is at the end after his audition when he thinks that the singer is reaching to shake his hand, but he wants the drumsticks. Yeah. Those are the little things that this show is populated with that I fucking adore Um, because it's just like – it's brutal just to see his face drop. He doesn't even – because he doesn't even get a handshake from from a guy who he looks up to. Um, I think also a little interesting like kind of not another – I don't think the show had any idea what they were doing in this respect but it's worth mentioning is a guy like Jason Siegel. Mm-hmm. Six foot four, white, somewhat good looking, well dressed, um, in shape, had a lot of privilege going into that room. And they treated him that way. They treated him like a legit possible drummer. So that, in and of itself, is a weird kind of expectation versus reality thing that he had to deal with, too. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in the beginning, the band's treating him like he knows what he's doing. Like he says a 29 piece set, and they're not making fun of him. Yeah. And at the end, Paul Feig does make fun of him for oh, yeah. He has lost all the status yeah. he came into that room with. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's something else. Um, yeah. Tell your brother he had a beautiful body. <laughs> Tell your brother he if had I a beautiful told body. your brother he had a beautiful body, would he hold it against me? Uh. <laughs> you have a beautiful body, Sam. You're an Adonist. <laughs> if you were my brother. I mean, it's, it's just... He, it's amazing. It's amazing. I love it so much. Uh, <laughs> I I will say this. Um, I don't – Sam running through the halls naked. Not my favorite. Not my favorite. Just so so broad and so silly. Um, and it just didn't feel like the show. Do you think this really happened to a writer? Maybe. I don't Probably. Know. I mean it was I – I, I, it was hard because I didn't know if like I – mean, were streakers more popular – back then like i just i if that had happened in my school it would it would the person would have gone somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) that would never be seen again yeah Yeah. no there's no like good work like no your dick and balls were like (laughs) 
I, out. Everyone, everyone saw, saw them. <laughs> everyone saw all of you. I do think I have the go to school with no clothes dream fairly regularly. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think I have the like okay. – I'm not someone who's very comfortable with my body. But I do think I have the like people have seen me naked and it's not a big deal thing too. Um, whereas you know, where I, I don't think this actually happened to a writer. I think this is one of the few kind of flights of fancy things. I think it's kind of why it sucks and kind of why it's not like yep. the you know something that people kind of remember finally about the show. But this is a nightmare scenario. <laughs> this is yeah, like it's a, the worst. It's and then there's nightmare. like Benny Hill music. It felt like it just it was, was like, it actually Benny Hill music. I was don't it? know. It might have been. Yeah. It just it felt very. It just felt it was very Benny Hill. Yeah, just very silly. Um, Blue dot. Blue dot. It's a lot. Apparently, so what's also great to imagine is that, so for the the set was just a T, the hallway set. So I do love imagining John Francis Daly just running naked through the same (laughs) T-shaped. It's kind of amazing. I think, like, what really gets me about this and and what I think was – the minorly effective about this is like, I was, so I was watching the three boys in that opening scene, just looking at their little legs in their gym shorts. And John Francis Daly was so tiny, like little toothpicks. So it's, it, yeah. it, it, there is this, um, I don't know. There's this empathy. Like you're just like, no, you are not there yet. You shouldn't have to yeah. be made to shower with the big boys. Like it's very strange. It's, it's very strange to be forced the, to do it. The unspoken thing here. Mm-hmm. is that this guy has not started puberty yet. Mm-hmm. And it's hinted at yeah. here and there. Like, like Neil has, Neil chest, has hair. chest hair. And like, frankly, like I wouldn't have wanted to shower with other guys, but that's because I was overweight. So like, I think like Neil, I mean, Sam is thin and like in general, he would have been more or less ignored in a shower situation if not for the fact that he hadn't started puberty. Yep. So him running through the halls naked is more than just mortifying because he's naked. It's mortifying because he's naked and also he is not prepubescent. Like, right. like he's yeah. like that's that's the thing. And I think like I mean that's that's what had that's what was under serviced mm-hmm. by the presentation. Yeah. You know, they didn't, they kind of, yeah, it's, it's there in subtext, but they don't really go there. Um, which I mean, I guess I get it. I don't know. I, I, I'm talking to, I think the script is fine. Yeah, no, it's I think it's the execution. The execution of that specific I think we're about the direction in the post on that one. Yeah. Feels like they were afraid to tell, because it's certainly, it's certainly, uh, horrible running through the halls naked, no matter what condition you're in. But this particular situation Sam found himself in. Mm-hmm. I think was was more mortifying. I agree with that. Not did you guys have ropes class? Did you have a ropes no. course? Did no. you? Did that, you that? that feels like a liability nightmare. We had ropes. I had ropes. Yeah, it was fucking. Hard. I don't remember ever I having to do it. But oh, I had ropes to do it. in my gym. Yeah. It's, it's. I mean, I don't need to tell you guys. It's really, really difficult to do. And I'm. I the fact that like Bill is up at the top of that thing. I was like, that's really not that Bill couldn't do it. I'm sure he could. But anyway, it was always a crapshoot. You never knew who could do it. That's true. It was like the randomest kids That's were true. able to do it. Yeah. He got up there and then he was like, I don't know how to get down. I think Havershaw could do it. I mean, yeah. I, he's, the, he's the best. I mean, I, yeah. I mean that goes without saying. Um, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I think we did it, right? Oh, this is a good episode. This is a good show. Yeah. 
It's a great yeah, show. It's a really great show. It's a, and it's it's the only it's the only thing even kind of like it. I guess my Sokolov is kind of like it, but they're sort of they're they're yin and yangs to each other a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I rewatched a little bit of my so-called life recently, and um, it's just a very um, it's, it's it is obviously written by a woman um, in the best possible way. Uh, it's just a lot more in touch with what. Oh my God! Why am I drawing a blank on her name? Angela. Angela's dealing with, uh, in a very sort of nuanced way. I also love the presentation of that show. It's a great show. I love oh, the soft yeah. focus. I love uh, the music. I love the dreamlike quality of everything. Yeah. I love the yeah yeah. 100%. Well, the difference there is like I think, and and not accidentally. Like my so-called life is very, I think, myopic. Like yes, yes, it yes. is so you are in Angela's yeah. head, and it's beautiful and perfect. And this is very Scattered. generous yeah. to to its its enormous cast and everyone's. Foibles and and shortcomings and and feelings and um, I agree so with that hundred percent. Amazing, uh, but uh, totally different in their identical setup. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that I think Freaks and Geeks has um, more of a, a universe. I would say, like it's just it's populated in a way that that uh, my so-called life isn't necessarily as much. Well, it's it's uh, it's us looking in. Mm-hmm. Um, and my so-called life is us looking in, out yeah. totally. from yeah. Angela's, you know, piece. it's a great show. Both great shows. Uh, so next week, uh, next week we're doing episode one Oh seven, technically one Oh seven airing and carded discarded. and discarded. It was technically the 10th episode produced, but the seventh one that was aired, uh, sort of a re pilot or so they say, or so they say, uh, we have Toby Herman coming on to talk about coming that with back us on. coming back on, um, from her walk on the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, you're on various social media. What are your oh, handles? I am on the twitter.com. The Twitter. At Midwest Spitfire, which mm-hmm. never stops being. Gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't regret that. I definitely no, why would started you? that before I had a, yeah. a career. <laughs> Literally a job. Right. So, uh, yeah. And you're at IndieWire? I am at So Indie you're Wire. reviewing all sorts of things? I am reviewing some things, but my focus is really on TV awards. So oh, cool. we're just trying to get through. Oh, Emmy season is right around the corner. Season. All right, so who, let's do this real fast. Right. Well, shit. This is going to air after who cares? the Emmys. Let's just do it. I yeah. want to hear what see how good or bad I want to hear what Libby got, Libby? Like, what do you want? Like, I want them all. What's going to Let's go from the top. You think Game of Thrones wins best drama? Yeah. I mean, I... Even though it shouldn't? Yeah, I don't think it should. I, it wins because everyone else got out of its way, so nothing else. You All just right. mean in terms... Okay. But right. Succession should win. It's, oh, yeah. Succession should win. Should win, but yeah, Succession okay. has no actor support. Which is insane. Which is extremely Next year upsetting. will, though, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Good to hear. Yes. Next year, though, next year the entire awards will be just Succession, right? Yes, I've petitioned. I'm pretty sure it will be. It should be. Because everyone's so. talking about this show. All right. My, so, my roommate is so jealous of Emily's Volter hat, I can't even tell you. I yeah. I offered to buy it. Did you? On Twitter, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I sent her a text. You're saying it's mine, no? Yeah. Uh, all right, so Half of that hat is mine. <laughs> best, drama, best drama. Best drama is Game of Thrones. Best comedy is Veep, I guess. You don't think Maisel's got a shot? Oh, it's definitely not Maisel. Okay. It's, uh, if, it, if anything upsets Veep, it'll be Fleabag. Oh right! Bet will she win best? Act- oh, that's it. No, uh, Julia, Julia Louis Dreyfus win. wins actress. Uh, best comedic actress. 
Actor? Uh, comedic actor. Uh, it's Hater. Hater. Don't be a hater and hater. Best drama actor? I mean... It's a hard one. I would say... Like, I want it to be Odenkirk. I think it's going to be Odenkirk. I think it's going to be Billy Porter. Okay, I think, I think it's Billy Porter. Porter. I think it's going to be Odenkirk. He I seems like Odenkirk. the he seems like the Emmy's choice, and similarly to Game of Thrones, it seems like everyone else got out of his way. Well, not uh, not his way, not, but everyone just kind it of feels like his by, time. I by guess, virtue or. of everyone getting out of Game of Thrones' way, the usual suspects who beat him are no longer there. Well, uh, I'm trying to think who usually beats Matthew Reese, who's gone, uh, Ron Livingston, who's gone, Ron, uh, not Ron Livingston, the guy Cranston. But that was way before him, I'm talking about Coach Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler, gone. I mean, Sterling K. Brown is still there, but that show's not cool anymore. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm curious think as so. to I I I I, oh. I think it's Pose. I think it's Billy Porter because Pose is probably not going to win anything else. Yeah, because it's only nominated for like three things. Yeah. So here here is the thing about drama actor. It's a terrible category. Uh, I want it to be Odenkirk. I am not convinced that they don't think he's won. I, th- I think maybe they think he's won before because like <laughs> yes, he yes, just yes. never gets yeah, interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think if there's a dark horse, it's Billy Porter um, because that's the place it can win. What I will say is look out for Jason Bateman because he's very well loved. That's within. interesting. Look out for Ozark in general. What uh, supporting actor drama? Supporting wait, wait, best actress drama. Best actress drama. Um, God, what even is nominated? Can we pull them up? Uh, yeah, I can. I can do it. Best actress drama. It's that's the, all the drama categories are trash. Um, is uh, we go. is Sarah Goldberg gonna win? No. Too bad. Her nomination is her win. Is Henry Winkler gonna win? Mm, maybe. I don't know what's Amelia Clark, Jodie Comer, Viola Davis, Laura Linney, Mandy Moore, Sandra O, oh, Robin Wright. Mandy Moore is gonna win. That'll be Sandra O. Oh. You think so? Didn't she win last year? She didn't. No? I don't think. Um Okay. Uh best uh actor in a Lee uh, sorry, limited series, you think oh. Mahershala? For True Detective? No. Yeah. No, come on. Really? I, what else is on that list? Sam Rockwell for Fosse Verdon. No. Uh, Jared Harris for Chernobyl. Hugh Grant for that very Harris scandal. And Benicio Del Toro for Escape from Dannemora. I think it goes to Mahershala. I mean, uh, everyone loves him. Wait, yeah. there's another person there. Uh, Jarrell Jerome for When They See oh, Us. Oh, wait. No, it'll be – I mean, it could be Jarrell Jerome because I – for as many nominations as it has, I don't know how much – I don't know how much it's going to win either. Right. So I'd also that'll be say, its acting win. What about Jared Harris? I don't know. I think Chernobyl's going to give When They See Us a run for its money. Oh, it, but, it absolutely yeah. is. The end of the voting season, uh, they were both really peaking. I don't know how that's going to play out, but... Do you think Michelle Williams wins? Because I think she oh, should. Oh, yeah. She's, she will. I God, I hope so. I hope so, too. What's um, going to win Best uh, Limited Series? Chernobyl? Okay. I don't know. I don't. It's a definite. It's a total toss up between Chernobyl and When They See Us. And Patricia Arquette is supporting. She's supporting, supporting and lead. Which one is she supporting? Which one is she lead? She's lead in Dana Mora. She's supporting she's for supporting the act. In the she's act. incredible in that. Do uh, we I think, didn't see Fosse. Do we think? Just one last question. Do we think that Deadwood wins for TV movie? So help me God, it better. I really hope so. 
Like, this is their last chance to give David Melch anything. They need to get their shit together. All right. I, I think that that's okay. Let's um, wrap it up. Thank you so much for being here. You're going to come thank back you. for a movie, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I'm going to send you the list Just a again. Of time. Well, you know, I had some stuff. Happening. No, you got, you got, you got. I get it. I didn't, you know, I didn't yeah. take any offense to it. But um, I'll send you the list. We'll figure it out, um, and we'll do four hours on something with you, so yes. that you can force Emily to listen Locker to you for four hours. Sounds like <laughs> seems fair. Yeah, uh, you are at Midwestern Spitfire. Kenny is at Nybar. Midwest. Yeah, Midwest. Are. There are limits on how yes. many. <laughs> Then how long your video um, can be. Kenny's at Nybart on Twitter. I am at PMSCOV. We are at Podcast Like 1999. Please rate, review, subscribe. Thank you so much. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. You are the podcast like it. 1999. <laughs> Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.